Welcome to these Bible lessons on the Old Testament. In these lessons, we'll cover God's magnificent creation of all the world, including the creation of man, the crown of God's creation. We'll follow with the sad fall of man in paradise and the consequences this brought to the world. In the continuing lessons, we'll teach how God visits men with the revelation of His covenant of grace. When we travel together through the entire Old Testament, we see God visiting His nation of Israel with revelations of this covenant of grace, pointing constantly to the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. Welcome to our video learning series again on Old Testament Bible history. In this lesson, we're going to learn about the test that was given to Adam and Eve in paradise. But again, before we begin, two questions for you. If you look up in the middle of a sunny day for the stars in the sky, will you be able to see them? No, of course not. What we need is we need to see the black background of the night sky before those stars can really shine forward in all their beauty. Similarly, sometimes we really need to see just how bad the bad news is before the good news becomes sweet. And so we need to understand also the bad news of the condition of our sinful heart before we can really appreciate the sweetness of the gospel, the good news. Second question for you, when's the last time that you've disobeyed your parents or your teachers? Who taught you to disobey? We disobey automatically, don't we? And so I'd like you to keep these two things in mind throughout this story because they'll continue to come forward and to emerge throughout this story. And as we look at this story, try to find, uh, we'll follow the pattern of what the test is, the bad news, and then finally the good news. And so let's go to the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve are walking together in the garden, walking through the garden in the cool of the day. And they love each other. They love their companionship. They're perfect for each other. They help each other. They love to help each other. They love their work that God has given them to do. And most of all, they love God. They love their friendship with Him. They love their relationship with Him. And the best parts of their day is when God comes and speaks with them as a friend. They enjoy God. And they also know that God has given them a test. And that test, again, is that there was that tree in the middle of the garden. And that tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, you may not eat the fruit of that tree, and if you do, you will surely die. But if you obey me, you will receive life eternal. It was easy for Adam to obey. Adam had a choice. He could obey or he could disobey. It's really hard for you and I to obey sometimes, most of the time. But 
For Adam, he had a choice. He could easily obey and he could easily disobey. So Adam was being fairly tested here. And so one day, Eve is walking separately from Adam. And so far, she's only heard the voice of God and the voice of her husband. And then she hears another voice and she becomes curious because this voice is coming to her through a serpent. It's actually Satan who is speaking through the serpent to her. Satan, you might ask, who's he? We only have time for a few short points on who Satan is. Satan was originally an angel created by God. And God, in his wisdom, allowed this angel to then rebel against God. And so God threw him out of heaven. Since that time, Satan has hated God and he has hated anything that loves God. Satan hates you as well. And he is constantly looking for ways to destroy you and to, not, to, to make you not think about God. And so here he comes to Eve. He sees that Eve and Adam love God and he's out to destroy them. And so he comes to Eve. Eve, did God really say that you cannot eat of any of the trees in the garden? Eve knows the command well, and she says, no, we can eat of all the trees. It's just the one in the middle that we're not allowed to touch or eat of. If we do, we're going to die. You won't die, Eve, Satan says. He tries to minimize the punishment. He tries to make it seem not so bad. He says, God is actually trying to keep something from you that you would really like. If you eat that fruit, Eve, you're going to be just like God. That's why he doesn't want you to eat it. And so what Satan is doing is he's twisting the truth of God's word. This tree is not a magical tree. Satan's just twisting it. The tree was there as a test. It was a test to teach Adam and Eve the difference between happiness and misery, between obedience and disobedience, between good and evil. Satan is always trying to confuse the simpleness of God's word. So Eve is thinking about this, and she believes the lie, and that's when she sins. And so she takes the fruit, and she eats it. And she realizes she has sinned, and she, she goes and gets her husband, Adam, and brings him into this sin as well, and tells him the same thing she has heard from Satan. Adam believes the lie as well. He rebels against God. He knew God's command perfectly. He knew that he wasn't supposed to eat. And so when he did, it was in open rebellion against God who had loved him so much. It's very sad to think that Adam sinned against the best love that anyone on this earth has ever experienced. Adam and Eve did not pass the test that God had given them. The Bible tells us that then were their eyes opened. The, their physical eyes were, of course, open. So now they actually, what this means is that they understood what sin was. Now they understood the real bad news of sin. They learned it by experience. What is sin? Sin is believing the devil instead of believing God. Sin is not doing what God says we should do. 
We were created to disobey, so when we disobey the command of God, we are completely missing the purpose for which we were created. That's what it means when it says their eyes were opened. They understood the happiness that they had lived in before, and now their unhappiness. They understood the loving God that they were a friend with before, and now they saw the anger of God. They looked at themselves and they realized that they had no clothes on. They were ashamed of their nakedness. They realized they had nothing to protect themselves against the anger of God. They were stripped of all their joy. They realized that their body no longer had any glory or honor associated with it. Now they realized that they had lost the image that God had given them. So we've been talking about Adam's sin and Eve's sin. But what about our sin? We sinned as well when Adam sinned because Adam was our representative. If you consider that Adam is the fountain or the well of all humanity, then you can also think about the well of water. If there is a well that fresh and cool and healthy water flows from, then all you need to do is throw a dead animal into that well, and then all the water that flows from that well is now poisoned. And so it was with Adam. He was the fountain of all humanity. And so when we poisoned that fountain, all the water, all the people flowing from Adam also had the same sin that Adam had. Adam had a choice to sin or to not sin. You and I can only sin. God could have now come to Adam and Eve with fire and lightning and thunder, with darkness and anger. God is a consuming fire. But God comes to Adam and Eve in such a friendly way. He says, Adam, where art thou? Of course, God knows where Adam was. That's not what he was asking. He was saying, Adam, where are you? What is the state you have found yourself in? What have you done, Adam? Look at what you have done to yourself. You have ruined yourself. You were my friend. You were my favorite. What have you done? Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking, and they became afraid. And so they hid themselves in the bushes, and they took some fig leaves, and they made themselves aprons, and they covered their shame. God comes to deliver the punishment that he promised he would give them. Adam will die. He does not die physically, immediately. God says that your body is going to age, it's going to get older, and eventually it's going to break down and you will physically die. But there was an immediate spiritual death. They lost the image of God right away. They could no longer do what God had commanded them to. Next, there was an eternal death, and this is also then what the souls of the wicked will suffer. They will suffer with their body eternally in hell, forever away from God. Oh, the results of sin are so terrible. I hope you can see this black background of the terribleness of sin. The serpent is cursed by God. The woman is cursed by God as well. She is going to have a lot of pain in her life, and she's going to find it difficult for her to have respect for her husband. 
The man is cursed as well. He is going to find it very difficult to work. It's going to be difficult to harvest. He's going to have to work very hard. Creation is going to be covered in thorns and weeds. But God also wonderfully shows mercy at this time. He says that Satan is going to continue to try to kill the woman, her children, and her children's children, but he also promises what the outcome will be. He says there will be a child that will then kill Satan. God knows the outcome, and that's the good news. The good news is the gospel. The gospel, of course, is salvation in Christ alone. And so, yes, Christ already makes an appearance in Genesis 3, verse 15. That text reads, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, the devil's head, and thou shalt bruise his, the Lord Jesus, heel. And so this famous seed that the Lord refers to here is that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be born. God already promises a Messiah. He promises a Savior. He promises that there will be a deliverer from the curse that they now find themselves under. He says that Satan is going to try to stop this from happening. He's going to work very hard to prevent the Lord Jesus from being born. He's going to eventually injure the heel of Jesus. But in the end, Satan's head will be crushed. Through this, Jesus will defeat death and he will remove death from being this barrier from a perfect relationship between God and his people. It is the Lord Jesus that removes that sin. And at this time, then, God takes an animal, he kills it, he skins the animal, and he makes coats for Adam and Eve, and then he drives them out of the garden. And at the gate of the garden, he places angels with flaming swords. What is the usefulness now of this story of this miserable failure of this test from Adam and Eve? What is its usefulness for us? How do we learn about it today? Well, there is a lot of lessons to learn, and we can only mention a few of them. First, Adam was our representative, and we inherited his sin. We easily sin, and if God has not changed our heart, we love sin. Sin is part of human nature when we're born. God has to give us his image back. The second thing to note is that God was not surprised that Adam and Eve sinned against him. He knew from eternity that Adam and Eve would sin, and from eternity he also had a plan. Shortly, that plan was that he would send his only begotten son to this earth as a baby boy. And that baby Jesus would then grow up into a man who would do what Adam didn't do. Jesus would keep God's laws perfectly while Adam didn't do that. And then Jesus would also take the punishment that Adam deserved, and he would take it on himself. Did you know that shortly before the Lord Jesus began to preach in public when he walked on this earth, that Satan also tempted him, took him into the desert, and for 40 days he tempted him? The Lord Jesus could have disobeyed like Adam, but he didn't. 
He kept God's law perfectly. So we learn also a little bit about who God is. God is gracious because he didn't have to continue to love Adam and Eve, but he did. He gave them the opposite of what they deserved. God is also merciful in that he didn't immediately punish them. He left it and he reserved his punishment. He delayed it for a little bit, allowing Adam and Eve to return into that relationship with him. He provided a solution. We learn that God is also just or righteous. He never does anything wrong. He's always right and perfect. And so that means that the punishment that God said was going to happen had to happen. God simply couldn't pretend that he had never said that. And so he's waiting until his own son is on this earth to deliver that punishment. We learn a little bit of what God does as well. God seeks a sinner first. Like in the garden, he came looking for Adam and Eve. God also provides the solution for the sin problem that we have. Our representative Adam sinned, and by him, death entered into this world. God also provided a, another representative for his people, that is, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would do what Adam didn't do. And so this entire story points directly at the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to show Adam and Eve in the garden there just how terrible sin really is. He wants to show them the result of sin and what it's going to cost him. And so what the Lord does is God takes an animal. He kills it there in front of Adam and Eve. The blood flows into the ground. And then he tells Adam and Eve, take off those fig leaf aprons that you have made and he takes the skin from the animal and he makes a coat that covers Adam and Eve. Many years later, the Lord Jesus will offer himself as a sacrifice. And it's, it's, the comparison is that God comes to the sinner and he says, sinner, your obedience is like a fig leaf apron. Your disobedience is so shameful. It doesn't cover your sin. Take off those fig leaf aprons. I will give you Christ's obedience to cover you perfectly like a robe. And so in this lesson, we have seen the test that Adam and Eve had, the bad news of their failure, and the good news of the solution provided by God in his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That brings us to the end of this lesson. In our next lesson, we're going to learn about the children of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel.